0: I watched. I went to see rather Spider-Man, the new Spider-Man movie. I went to a movie theater. Oh, we went during the daytime. We were the only ones there, which Mm -hmm. was very nice. We were the only Mm -hmm. ones in the theater. That was very cool. Um, And we ate our popcorn and we watched a movie and we enjoyed it, and it felt weird. It felt very weird. Yeah. But I am glad I did it. Yeah. Mostly because I think that's a movie that to some degree benefits from, you know, it's not like, um... I'm not coming up with anything. There are some movies that you're like, you got to see this in theaters. It's just like the, this is the best way to watch this you need like the you know the the dolby atmos sound and the mm-hmm. you know view filling screen and the popcorn and all that but um i
1: feel like avatar is the like mm. shining example of that that it's not really anything when you view it at home but at the theater it's such an experience
0: <laughs> it's no avatar i don't i think you can mm-hmm. get a lot of i think you can really get a lot of enjoyment out of it if you watch it at home so don't feel like you i don't think one needs to watch it in theaters to truly enjoy it but i did watch it in theaters and i and i truly enjoyed it
1: all right do you need to know anything about the marvel universe after uh avengers one to follow along
0: <laughs> there are some plot points for sure um, but like, honestly, it doesn't, there's not a lot that you couldn't pick up from context and like also okay. some, cult, some cultural context, like, you know, mm-hmm. basically what happens in Infinity War and Endgame.
1: There's a, a big purple guy and he snaps mm-hmm. and then there's half as many people and mm-hmm. then they fight him and they undo it you know or it. something
0: <laughs> that's all you need to know really um there's like i actually what i would have you watched um the non you know the sony spider-man movies the uh, toby Maguire and andrew garfield ones
1: i think i have seen at least the toby Maguire first one definitely not in any way that they resonated with me.
0: Interesting. I I would recommend watching those movies if you want. Again, I don't think you need to, but I think it would be nice. I think it like in mm-hmm. it, it watching those semi recently, and by semi recently I mean like a year ago. We did like a Spider-Man marathon me and Quinn mm-hmm. and I think that brought all the context of the i'm not telling you anything the trailers don't tell you so this is spoilers obviously okay. but i'm gonna keep it to just trailers spider multiverse uh-huh
1: i have seen um the animated one it's so not... i get the concept of a, a spider verse
0: yeah and so those those two movies with Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield are part of the same multiverse that the current Tom Holland Spider-Man is in, Mm -hmm. but not the same universe, but the same multiverse. Right. Yeah. So, and so that is why there could be some things that would be nice to know but are not necessary to follow the plot, mm-hmm. I think.
1: Are they in the same multiverse as... What was it called? Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse?
0: hmm I don't know. Okay. It was not relevant to this movie. As far as I All could right. tell. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Um but yeah uh i I wasn't here to talk about spider man I was here to talk about Covid of course, right uh, uh-huh. what else we really really thought about that decision mhm it was like like we had to be very aware that like this isn't the grocery store, this isn't like no, it's just Essential. the grocery store then that's i mean yeah, it's. <laughs> It's not essential. It's very much like, we're doing this in order to enjoy our time on Earth, right? Which Mm -hmm. like, is noble, I think, but Mm -hmm. is definitely not essential. And I felt very weird about it. And everyone in the movie theater was, everyone was kind of acting like they were surprised that we were there. And I was surprised I was there. And if, probably if my sister, my sister's not like a superhero person. I think she like keeps up, but is not like into it. Mm -hmm. She said, Liz, you got to watch this movie. And I'm like, I guess I got to watch this movie.
1: (laughs) Those are the rules. Not
0: that she's like a critic or anything. It's just like, it's not just like the
1: critics in our own way.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so that was the only reason we actually went, um, but I'm glad we did. Yeah. I won't be doing it for any other movies unless Mm -hmm. someone says you need to see it in theaters.
1: I wonder if there are, if you work at a movie theater right now, if you would notice certain demographics of movies, right? Like probably if American Sniper were premiering today, um, that would have a lot more watchers than the spider-man franchise
0: that's entirely possible that makes a lot of sense
2: Mm -hmm.
1: so maybe that's what it was it wasn't like wow you're here to see a movie but like wow the kind of person who sees this movie is here to see a movie
0: you're you're 20 and here what are you doing don't you know there's a pandemic <laughs> no we like we like walked in and like we b- bought tickets ahead of time because you know like you know interact with the least amount of people possible sort of thing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so we we like walk in with our like with my qr code and the guy like there's like a guy there's a guy he's wearing there's always uh, a guy there's glasses with clear frames, um, and was oh like, wow, a guy. Yeah. And he like kinda spots us and was like And then rushes over to the little like um It's not quite a desk, it's like just a a thing that indicates you should stop.
1: Like a podium?
0: Yeah, sort of podium ish, but it's it's not like it's more just like
1: okay, there's there's a rectangle. There's a you rectangle. You became aware of a rectangle.
0: It, it's a you know uh, rectangular prism, mm-hmm. and uh, you clearly were not supposed to go past it without you know someone telling you to. So right. we didn't. And the guy like kind of rushed over and was like pulled out the the scanner and was like, "You know, take like beep," and I was like thanks and he was like (laughs) (laughs) i don't know what to do with that i don't know what to do with that and i had to i had to pee partway through the movie because i was unprepared and hadn't seen Mm -hmm. a movie and forgot all the protocol um (laughs) and, and so i got up partway through the movie and i picked a pretty good time i think um And I was kind of like, I, you know, I wanted to hustle because I wanted to get back. Mm -hmm. And I was kind of fast walking through the movie theater and I see the guy, the same guy, and I'm like, hey, where's the bathroom? And he's like, (laughs) like, there's just panic on his face. I don't know. (laughs) Like, (laughs) and he's like, uh, that way. Take a left. No. Take a right. Take a right. <laughs> and I'm like Thanks. Very cool. Very cool. I don't know what like I don't know what was going on, but it was an odd interaction. I had two odd uh-huh. interactions with the same guy who was wearing glasses with with clear front. Mm-hmm. You know who you are.
1: They didn't stop the movie for you when you got up to go?
0: They should have, honestly. Yeah. Just a quick uh Knock on the door. Hey, I'm going to just...
1: <laughs> one second, one second. It'll be really quick. Hey, Zach. Hey, Liz. Uh, so I've been talking for so long now. Um, Since I was in school, I've been going... Docker's one of those things that I should understand. Um, and I think... Now, I might actually be at the point where I understand Docker well enough to kind of sort of explain it. So, All right. Here we go. Here goes. Docker is multiple things. <laughs> That's why it's so confusing. <laughs> uh, what is Docker truly? Um, so there's a lot of parts of Docker. First, we're going to talk about what's a container. Docker is a tool that deals with containers in all of its forms. Um, A container is like an image of a computer, but not like a JPEG image, but like a DMG image.
0: (laughs) Is that closer to a bitmap or a PNG?
1: Uh probably closer to a bitmap in that it's just a bunch of data and you have to give it meaning. Um much like all computers. <laughs> well um, said, well said. So a container is a collection of programs and configurations and the files that it takes to run them that all get shrink wrapped up into a single thing. And now you can unshrink wrap that wherever you need it to be on a server in New Jersey or AWS East 1 or whatever. You can unshrinkwrap this thing and it will be the same everywhere. And because it's digital, you can make infinite copies of it because that's the whole uh, abundant promise of the digital present. So that's a container. And you might go, how do I make a container? And the answer is Docker there are multiple ways to make a container docker is one of the primary ones um and it has a language um, by which you can construct a container you say starting with this thing over here starting with uh the most recent version of linux that i want to use maybe it's the lts version of linux maybe it's exactly 16.1 whatever um, starting with this, I'm going to download and install um, Node, the, the whole Node NPM tool chain. Um, and then using that, I'm going to copy over the files of this code into a directory where the container can look at it. So now I am going from the host machine to this container that I am still in the process of building. Um, And I'm going to copy those files over, and then I'm going to run the stuff so that we know we're on Linux version 16, we have Node version 14.8, and we can uh, run all of the stuff to make this happen. And now we've got this like all of the files that we need to run this program, and now that all of that has happened, I can shrink wrap, wrap it up and put it wherever I want it to go and there's some cool things that happen in there. Uh there's some knowledge about caching that goes on that I think is really neat. So um as you're building this, uh task that happens a lot of times when you're writing software and um building software is that you need to get software you need to get a library from somewhere else. Um so with node that would be npm, the node package management repository. Um, And what you do is you add an NPM package to your thing, and then you say, install all of my NPM packages, and those all come down. And the thing is, even if you change what the front of your website says, uh, your packages are probably going to stay fairly consistent. Um, And so there are ways within Docker that you can say, copy over this single file um, and do the install. So copy over the file that says what it is that we need to install, what the dependencies are, do this install, and then copy over all of the rest of the files, and then build it and package it up and shrink wrap it. And the cool thing that Docker does in the meantime is that it does the steps, it gets the Linux, it installs NPM onto it, um, it copies over the single file, um, and then it runs the npm install to grab all the files from the package repository and then it shrink wraps that and then it unshrink wraps it and then it installs all the rest of your files and then it you have this other thing that you can use and it shrink wraps that Um, so there are different levels they're called layers in docker terminology Um, and so if things at the very end of the layers change all of the layers above them you can just use whatever existed before, uh, which is pretty cool, and means that you don't have to spend a bunch of time doing network requests and network fetches if your packages that you're using are consistent. Okay, that's all well and good. That's that's Docker, and now I've got this thing that I shrink wrapped up. I shrink wrapped up a container for myself, um, and now I want to let other people use it. Um, and so, where do I where do I put it now that I've got it here, uh, so that other people can look at it? And the answer is Docker. <laughs> um, so this is Docker Hub. Um, Docker Hub is a website or a particular uh, implementation of a style of website uh, container registry that either you can install for yourself or you can just use the one that they've got if you pay them. And that's how you take your container and you put it somewhere so that other people can grab your container and unshrink wrap it and use it for whatever nefarious purposes they have. Okay, so I've got containers. I know how to make a container uh, using Docker. I know how to let somebody else see that container. The answer is using Docker. And now what do I want to do to run this container, right? I see that uh, Liz has posted this lovely container up on Docker Hub and I want to run it. How do I do that? The answer is (laughs) Docker. (laughs) Um, So this is Docker Engine uh, and a lot of times you're installing Docker Desktop, which is a wrapper around Docker Engine. And that's a thing that actually takes the container, unshrink wraps it, and starts it in motion whatever the command is that you gave the container when you shrink-wrapped it you said when you get unshrink wrapped just start screaming out the lyrics to all-star um it could do that and so docker grabs it and it unshrink wraps it and it says what's the first thing you need to do and it says i need to scream out the lyrics to all-star um and docker desktop or docker engine says all right go do that thing um and it manages the life cycle of that container once it's done screaming out the lyrics to all-star um it collapses it back down it keeps it shrink wrapped for later um but it says you're you're done screaming the lyrics to all-star for right now and so those are i think all of the things that docker is okay any questions (laughs)
0: Uh, When I have Docker Engine and I go grab the container that you posted on Docker Hub, mm-hmm. that container is a image.
1: A container is like an image.
0: In what ways is it different than an image?
1: An image also shrink-wraps the operating system, and a container does not shrink-wrap the operating system. It. i think that's it gets a little wibbly wobbly with windows because windows doesn't have actual containers but it does have docker and docker desktop and um, docker engine and i think that is all just by doing an image that it calls a container and putting that into a virtual machine
0: and when you say put it into a virtual machine uh, docker desktop is doing that
1: yeah docker engine for windows docker desktop for windows okay. uh loads it up makes a virtual machine puts the docker container which is actually an image into this virtual machine and then runs the virtual machine
0: okay but if i'm on linux mm-hmm. i i'm in my uh docker desktop app Mm -hmm. and i go get your container and Mm -hmm. for instance runs a Mm -hmm. command line thing but the libraries it uses are all contained within that container
1: right yeah okay it creates like a separate execution environment unpacks the whole container into that execution environment, and then runs your command.
0: So it's not quite the same as a virtual machine, but okay, I understand why everyone tells me just think of it like a virtual machine. Yes. Okay. I think I understand.
1: There are also other ways of packaging up and building a container, other ways of hosting containers, and other ways of unpackaging containers Um, and they're all supposed to conform to open container initiative specs and most of them don't. Um, just about everybody's got their own things that they slap on the outside of the spec and so they're not as collaborative, um, as you would hope. If I wanted to find containers, I could go to Docker Hub, um, But I think I could also go, you know, a lot of people just maybe they host their own containers somewhere. They don't put them on Docker Hub. They go somewhere else. Um, And maybe it's on the dark web. Maybe there are containers on the dark web and you've really got to go searching to find those containers.
0: Those are the good container. (laughs) Those are the good ones.
1: (laughs) And so sometimes, sometimes what I really want to do isn't worry about Docker and everything. It's go hunt for containers
0: oh i see it's it's my turn (laughs) i i thought there was more more to docker i understand there's not now no (laughs) that's funny um (laughs) thank you (laughs) you know that reminds me of uh this game i've been playing it's called vault hunters actually uh which is surprisingly similar to uh container hunting um in many ways, uh vaults mm-hmm. are containers. Um But let's let's start back at the beginning. Um Vault Hunters is a Minecraft mod pack that my producer and I have been completely obsessed with for the past week.
1: Liz finally got into mod packs.
0: This is if you want me to play a game, this is how you get me to play the game. Uh, Vault Hunters has been doing like everything right from my perspective. Um, mm-hmm. If I start describing things and you would like to know more, I r- really recommend uh, watching like the first couple episodes at least of this. You this one of the devs is Iscal eighty uh, five. You may know him from the Hermitcraft server. I do, and um, he is currently as of recording doing a series which a youtube series which is a playthrough of vault hunters and um they're really entertaining and they explain what to do very very well um more so than like the wiki does um Mm -hmm. the wiki is a little sparse at the moment um (laughs) so is
1: this there's a lot of um modded minecraft packs i know that are book driven there's a lot of books for you to consume to play the mod pack is this a book driven mod pack
0: not so far i would say okay um but so just to give you a sort of a overview of it um there are these things called vaults they are uh you can you can go you can summon a vault or rather you can summon a portal to a vault and you go into the vault and in the vault you are there there's like loot there is en- there are enemies that you have to try to not die from um there are uh really really cool and well designed rooms um and there's a lot of randomness there's like you know, there's what room you're going to go into next is random, and what where the chests are in the room is more semi-random, and what's in the chests are, is random, and what kind of like ores are around is random, and um, the and it's a lot of fun because it's very uh, it's exciting, it's adrenaline, it's high octane, it's uh. And it takes a lot of skill and a lot of different things to be good at the vaults themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you die in the vaults, you die in real life, not actually, you just lose all your stuff immediately. Everything you've brought into the vault is gone. There's no chance to get it back.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So that makes that raises the stakes somewhat. Um, but you can't just... It's kind of a... And Sirius, I'm really sorry. There's a lot of content in this mod pack. It's—I I wouldn't exactly call it a slow burn. It's kind of um, it. The the vaults scale. Every it seems like everything in the game scales scales to your skill level. Um, it there's like a explicit vault level. In you get that you level up over time, um, and the mm-hmm. more vault levels you get, the harder the vaults are going to be. Also the more cool things you can do with the other mods in the mod pack cuz there's lots of other mob mods but they're all locked behind like research uh stars or uh skill points or whatever and it's all the long and short of it is you have to you have to do vaults to advance in the game which makes sense of course but to get like a storage system that makes sense in a in a mod pack, you have to invest your research points. Mm-hmm. And to summon a a vault portal, you have to get vault crystals, and you get vault crystals by putting vault stones onto vault altars. Mm -hmm. And the vault to make a vault altar, you need materials that can only be found in the end dimension. Which means that you have to beat the vanilla game before you can even start playing the vault the vaults. Wow. And but and if you're not like quite at that skill level where you can just like beat Minecraft real easy, Mm -hmm. uh it will be easier than normal vanilla because there are so many um there are a lot of buffs in vault hunters over vanilla for the vanilla game right so there's like what's a good example like if you die in vanilla your whatever was in your inventory just gets like scattered all over the ground and you and you have five minutes to go get it before it despawns Mm -hmm. in vault hunters you get graves so you go if you go back to the spot where you died, you can just right click on your grave and it will give you all your stuff back. Um and that works if you died in lava, it works if you died because you fell into the void. All the stuff that are usually unrecoverable are now recoverable. And lava graves. Mhm. Th- there's a lot of things that make vanilla Minecraft much much easier and i uh we saw in a lot of the comments on Iskal's videos um comments along the lines of this is too easy like you may- you're cheating and mm-hmm. uh the Iskal's response to that was basically like this isn't supposed to be the hard part yeah <laughs> the if you like if you think graves are cheating then you're gonna hate the rest of this (laughs) because it is it gets you get some really (laughs) bonkers um, skill skills you uh, Mm -hmm. oh and also like in other ways vanilla is the vanilla aspects are harder Um, like armor is heavily debuffed because there is vault armor that is that can get very very good and they wanted more Mm -hmm. range to make it like as good as vanilla is pretty far into the game
1: okay right
0: but you can't put mending on vault armor is and like it's all balanced really really nicely and the Mm stuff and the thing that really piqued my interest about it was to summon the portal to get the you need the vault crystal and to get the vault crystal, you need the vault stone and the vault altar. And once you have that, once you put the vault stone on the vault altar, it requires you to give it four and a a certain amount of four different items. So maybe it's 50 cobblestone, uh, 15 wheat, two pumpkins mm-hmm. etc and that scales as well the more vault crystals you make the more difficult
1: the more you need to go out in the world and gather these resources to create yeah. the vault these vanilla to get resources. better tools right
0: Not, and there are you can find vanilla resources in the vault but it's um You know, you don't. You have a certain amount of time, and if you don't do, and if you don't get out of the vault or kill the boss, in that amount of time, then it is the same as dying, and you lose all your stuff. Mm -hmm. And there's like, there's so much to it, and I really think that if you, if any of this is sounding interesting, you should try it because it's really, really well done. Um, We, I, I am currently level twenty-seven, and. I'm just having so much fun with it, um, and I think, and it's not even the type of thing where it's um, you have to get through a lot of really boring stuff to get to the good stuff in a mod. Mm-hmm. You to even unlock the mod, you already have to be you. You have to have a lot of infrastructure, and I love making infrastructure in Minecraft. It's my favorite thing to just make a farm, or uh-huh. um, so that was the part that really got me interested um what else do i have to say about it uh you may be asking as an added difficulty thing in the vaults there's no regen in the vaults you if you lose hearts those hearts are gone
1: yeah Ooh. Mm mm-hmm um okay so vaults are like a tiny little hardcore
0: yes i think that's accurate and there's there's like puzzles and there's uh there's rooms that have like more than meets the eye, you know, but they're not going to tell you that there's more than meets the eye. You just have to explore. And but every time, every second you're exploring, that's a second you're not gathering more loot from a different room. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's a, a delicate balance. And the fun part is that you don't need to stress about it because if you, as long as you're making it back before the timer runs out, you can just make you can just make another crystal. <laughs> mhm. Um,
1: does that is it, will a second crystal get you to the same vault? No.
0: It's a different vault every single time. Okay. Um if you're playing with friends, um once you get past level 25, you can create uh, cooperative vaults. Mhm. So, uh yeah, there's that. Um there are there are the standard mobs and there are also modded mobs. And mm-hmm. mobs are uh, enemies. Usually, they're they are non-player characters, um, or non-player entities, maybe, that mm-hmm. like have a pathfinding AI. Sometimes, like a sheep is a mob, a zombie is a mob. Mm-hmm. That is the the category. There are mobs in the vaults, and there's the standard ones, and there's the modded ones, and there's also. Uh, what are called vault fighters, and I think that they're such a nice touch. Um, they are m- mobs that move like players. Um, they're fast or they're slow. They, there's like different multipliers and randomness to mm-hmm. them, but um, they look they, they they wear the skins, the literal Minecraft skins of the devs of the game. Ah. And that's, I think that's really fun. Um, it, they also appear as yourself or anyone else you're on the server with. Hmm. So occasionally you have to fight yourself or you have to fight someone else who is on the server or has been on the server. And there's a fun little thing. Uh, don't tell anyone this. You can tell anyone this. this is re- I just really <laughs> like this. Um, <laughs> the place where the server stores who has been on the server is a JSON file
2: hmm
0: and you can just add names so zach you're in the vaults Oh! <laughs> anyone whose username i remember some Hermitcraft people um uh-huh. that kind of thing i just thought that was so much fun um there are changes to the mod packs so like um we're working through applied energistics right now because we really need a storage mm-hmm. system that isn't just chests
1: yep. That is vital for any modded experience.
0: Yep. So we're working through that. But um one of the things we didn't realize before, spending our research points, our knowledge stars, is that to make this mod work, we we kinda knew this part. You need power. You need like energy or whatever mm-hmm. the term is. Um, which is not something you can actually make with just that research, just the applied energetics research. Yeah. You need you need to generate it with something else. So we, ha- we spent a bunch of research points and can't use them because we can't All make power. All the way power.
1: down the AE tree, and you don't have a generator.
0: Yeah. And so now we have to keep doing vaults and keep making... <laughs> you know, we keep having to advance in the game. Uh, even though we made a mistake, but like, it's fine, you know, like it makes finding stuff harder, but it doesn't make it. It wasn't like a rage quit moment, you know, it was like, right. A, like oh, the, the core dang. gameplay loop still yeah, works. Exactly. Um, and that's something I really like about it is that like, if you spend the resources you get from vaults, which are, which believe me are hard earned, you know, Mm -hmm. if you spend them incorrectly or in a way that you didn't want to it's fine Mm -hmm. you can just keep Mm -hmm. doing vaults right and the vanilla aspects are easy enough that if you die in the vaults it is a pain but it is not the end of the world if you have to remake all your stuff
1: Mm -hmm. is it i can imagine the worst part of that being that you get Up to a whatever a level twenty five vault, and then you die in the vault, and now you're back at vanilla tech levels.
0: No, your vault level stays there. There's an XP level like normal vanilla Minecraft, Uh and there's vault levels, and your vault levels are permanent. Okay. So if you get to a certain difficulty, it will always be that difficult, unless you get there. You can. You have modifiers. You can spend your resources to get modifiers that make the vaults easier, or have more mm-hmm. loot, or mm-hmm. have less mobs, or something. Anyway, I'm. I just want to say that I very much recommend it. It's a lot of fun, and if you uh, like Minecraft or modded Minecraft, uh, I would certainly check it out. It's on CurseForge, which makes the install really easy. You just kind of. Press install, and then it is.
1: Ooh, okay. These screenshots look hella. Yeah. That is incredible.
0: So yeah, there are um, official servers. I think you can host your own server, and if you know if you're on the same LAN network, then you can play with your friend. If you're on the same LAN network, and that works right out the gate, mm-hmm. we did not have to do anything special. Um, I do have. A touch of mild criticism for the game which is not what and these are all like fixable issues there's nothing wrong with the mm-hmm. core gameplay um there's a lot of knowledge that you uh need to have to play this game and it is basically all contained within there is some information in The game, you know, in the uh, descriptions of the items or something, Mm -hmm. there is some information on the wiki or whatever guides people have put together. Um, Mm -hmm. And there is a lot of information that is like in random Reddit comments. (laughs) And this game really, really, really needs a more comprehensive wiki yeah and that's true for like 90 percent of my minecraft mods
1: so liz you know what wiki means right
0: i i do but i don't have this information to put into the wiki Uh like i need to learn it so yeah. yeah
1: but once you know then once you find it in a reddit comment then you can put it in the wiki and now the next person
0: We've been doing that we well All mostly right. mostly Quinn's been doing that, but um it i I am not only benefiting from the wiki, I'm also putting things into the wiki via quinn
1: you're the the research arm of the research and put into the wiki <laughs> no department. they are too
0: but um <laughs> uh but at some and in, in some reddit post at some point uh someone said someone on the dev team said. Yeah, go ahead and decompile it and put things in the wiki from the decompilation, which I thought was cool.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah. that's. I feel like that's how we know where to find fish in Stardew Valley, is all mm-hmm. decompilation. I don't know of any good Java decompilers.
0: I'm sure there is one. People look at the code for Minecraft all the time. Vanilla mm-hmm. Minecraft. That's about it. I... Really, really like this game and I'm going to keep playing it and uh I encourage other people to play it because it's a lot of fun. One of the things that like like I said, Zach, one of the things that really got me interested in the game was uh having to farm a bunch of res- weird resources for the vault alters, the vaulters, if you will. Um i won't thank you though uh and but like and we i say farming and usually what i mean when i say farming in minecraft is like generating resources in a way that is uh more or less automatic i don't have to do very Mm -hmm. much you know it's not a lot of effort to get these resources but sometimes farming in the real world is different than that
1: yeah the real world is different than that and the way a way that we could change that is by bringing um computers you take computers and you take farms you take agriculture and you put you put the computers inside the agriculture and <laughs> and now uh farming is a lot better Um, because we put computers inside of the agriculture. These, this is, uh, what you would hear if you went to any number of science museums, um, and went to the room that was sponsored by John Deere in the (laughs) mid 2000s. Um, you would hear all about how much better the world is going to be because we took agriculture and put it in computers or the other way around. Doesn't matter. Um, (laughs) Because, like, there are some parts of it that are, sure, they're good. Good things. Uh, and there are s- some parts of it that are just a bunch of hooey. Just a bunch of going, wouldn't it be great if we had drones that could spray pesticides? And it's like, I don't think we need pesticides. And also, a drone carrying a vat of liquid to spray does not seem like a great way to use our resources. But you know we'll see, we'll see John Deere, and then they said, you don't have the right to repair your tractors, and farmers got angry um,
0: they lost that case, didn't they?
1: I hope so. I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure right to repair for tractors was upheld good um one of the one of my favorite things to do for the worrying bugs is to take a headline that looks like someone credulously reporting a thing that does not need credulous reporting. <laughs> and talk about it <laughs> uh so when i saw the headline um bill gates is about to change the way america farms i thought "Ooh, this is this is zach bait um this is <laughs> d- designed to get my goat this is just ostensibly about the dairy industry so i can talk about it i'm wearing bugs and um it's about technology which is a thing that i know about And it's about, uh, presumably something to do with capital, blah, 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 blah. Wonderful. Um, And so I saved it into my Todoist in January of 2021. And then I said, no more Todoist. I'm over that. And now it is January 2022. (laughs) And I was going back through my Todoist and I thought, oh, Bill Gates is going to, uh, is, is about to change the way America farms. Let's see how that panned out in the last year. And so you click in, and it's some article on agriculture.com, and you go, is this going to be credulous reporting, or are they going to be doubtful? Who knows? And it starts with, like, I couldn't believe my eyes when I saw it. And you go, I still can't tell. Is this credulous? Is that is this um, doubtful? It seems incredulous. Sure, he couldn't believe his eyes. Uh, somebody spent $171 million to get 14,500 acres of land in Washington. Um... This is pretty good dirt. Apparently this region in Washington has pretty good dirt. Um, you can go 10 feet down and there's no rocks. Crazy. Um, that is that is important for growing things. Just not the main thrust of this story I'm telling. The A lot of industries, nope, a lot of folks who own farmland have bought up land in this area and now it's got all sorts of, all the things that you need to to run a farming region, such as state-of-the-art transportation definitely means something about trucks um or highways maybe definitely does not mean any of the things i would want it to anyways they've got state-of-the-art transportation they've got uh hydropower um so energy is very cheap in that area they've got something else um cold storage or climate controlled storage um these are all things that you need if you're going to have a bunch of, of farming in an area, and then they put their stuff, they store it in the climate-controlled storage, and they power their farms with hydroelectric energy. Um, so in this area, somebody spent $171 million to get 14,500 acres of land, and... Um, and wow this is crazy it seems like it's this two-person company from louisiana angelina agriculture no actually it's like a shell company of a shell company of a shell company that bill gates largely owns uh there's the you know paragraphs and paragraphs of he bought this land from john hancock life insurance asset management um and they bought it from canada's pension fund and canada's pension fund brought it from like the american corporation for agriculture um and so there's a lot of life insurance a lot of uh hedge funds a lot of pension funds that keep owning this land various bits of farmland um seems to be a a thing that happens a lot um bill and melinda gates and like the money that they control owns at least a hundred thousand acres total of farmland in a handful of states um that's a lot of farmland they also own transitional land outside of phoenix arizona um which means that it is not yet part of the city of phoenix arizona but it will be um and they're going to put a highway through it and then once there's a highway running through it it'll be a lot more valuable um and i don't know presumably they purchased it after arizona said we're going to put a highway through here and the reason that it made sense to put a highway through there was because the land would have been affordable. If it wasn't because the land would have been affordable, then why would that be an incentive to have the highway there? And so then why is anyone allowed to trade on the value that the state of Arizona just created by announcing they would put a highway through a region? Um, and there's no way in hell that the the Gates Investment Fund is going to prioritize that land in a way that benefits its future residents or its current Phoenix residents, and um, at the expense of the investment fund um, because those things are going to be in contention and the investment fund that bought however many square miles of phoenix arizona um, does not like have a fiduciary responsibility to current phoenix residents it should land use in this country is kind of wrong anyway
0: (laughs) i'm sorry to laugh It's it's just like there's a lot
1: that was a lot <laughs> um so it turned out that um the gates is and the now note Bill Gates Melinda Gates did not buy any of this land. There's this uh financial planning company cascade investment l l c led by some dude who graduated from Harvard or Princeton, or it doesn't matter. He graduated somewhere now he owns cascade investment l l c and the Gateses gave him all his money, all of their money to spend to make better profits than he was making owning stock in microsoft and he said sounds good here we go we're going to make more money than we made owning stock in microsoft and the way that we do this is by owning land um that it is farmland turns out when they bought this land they bought it off of not the land sorry my bad um this company uh now known as angelina agriculture that the gates own a large stake in this investment llc that owns a large stake in or i think solely owns uh agriculture division that owns Angelina Agriculture this two person company out somewhere in the middle of Louisiana um used to be called Angelina Plantation used to be owned by Bernie Ebers some other guy who got put in jail for securities fraud um consider
0: me shocked
1: Ebers talked to uh, Ebers ebbers was a dreamer a liar a swindler and a lover of land wow and like maybe the two the two things in the middle there negate any good he did or any like quality as a dreamer he had because if <laughs> you need securities fraud to invest in this dream and the dream is not helping most people and not like revolutionizing the farming industry because farming has just kind of kept going um through the whole time that bernie Ebers had this company and then Uh, went to jail Uh, (laughs) and now like the world is worse because of that the commons are worse um, because we had to like paper over the intentional evil that this guy did by committing securities fraud um, a lot of it with land and so, like, don't report on this guy like he had good intentions and then he did some bad things, but it didn't hurt me because I don't I wasn't invested in WorldCom or whatever. No, it like the world is worse because of the things that he did. Mm-hmm. Um, so these are all just kind of things that were around in this article that I, I was thinking about. Um, there's a thread through this whole article comparing the author to the main character in the movie True Crime, which is uh, played by Clint Eastwood. Um, and so like, it's intentionally not credulous reporting. They did a lot of deep digging to go like, okay, this wasn't just some two person company in Louisiana uh, that bought this land. They like did it for a reason. And what's the reason? Oh, here's the, um, it's owned by a company that's owned by a company that does all of the investments for Bill and Melinda Gates. Um, so like they dug deep for sure, but it's like, for the sake of the aesthetic of investigation, because this author wants to play the part of a detective in or a journalist or whatever in true crime, which is not something I've encountered before when thinking about is this going to be credulous reporting or not. I,
0: my instinct is that uh, one should steer clear of such things if they wish to be taken seriously.
1: <laughs> I'd say so, yeah. The fact that they're like outwardly saying, oh, at this point in the story, I was really thinking I was like this guy in true crime. I don't know. I don't know what, I don't know what narrative tool you could use there to get your point across that wasn't um, announcing you were cosplaying a journalist. <laughs> um, uh, so I do want to remind you, the title is Bill Gates is About to Change the Way America Farms. Um, Did any of the details I just told you in any way lead to Bill Gates is going to change the way America farms?
0: Quite the opposite, actually.
1: Um, I think the argument this article takes is there's one little detail that I did not include that that gets included now. Um, The argument in this article is that A, Bill Gates entrusts his financial planning to Cascade Investment LLC. B, Cascade Investment owns a bunch of farmland now because they bought it. C, the agriculture arm of Cascade Investment is part of an organization that cares about sustainability and farming. Do note, the author of this piece is also involved in an organization that is involved in uh, this sustainability and farming organization that Cascade Investment is a part of. Um, So they have an incentive in viewing it as a legitimate institution Um, because they're part of that organization uh, that proves that they are that they support sustainable farming strategies that advance resiliency and efficiency, retain talent and reduce regulatory burdens. Mm, Um,
0: That's my favorite phrase, actually.
1: Reducing regulatory burdens. That's really how you make things sustainable. Yep. Um, is be, is by ignoring any externalities that the government might try to make concrete for you. Also, the Gates Foundation, which is totally separate from this investment LLC, um, they have an initiative, Gates Ag One, for helping low and middle income countries farm in ways that are more resistant to climate change, uh, which, which is uh, like a little bit colonial a little bit we made this mess and now we're going to clean it up see look at me with my my paper towel on the oil spill um and entirely not related to the rest of what this article was about it was a single paragraph about this other thing that the gates foundation is doing um and so that's how bill gates is going to uh change the way that america farms qed there you go QED um, this made me think about a Twitter thread I had seen recently so uh, going from the top of this thing through all the quote retweets and threads I'm gonna turn this into a, a single linear experience um, the UN voted to make food a human right um, it's not like the UN making a thing a right like does anything concretely um, but it does like say that member states have a particular obligation to do what they can to um, help other humans who don't have access to this thing that they have a right to. Um, and there were like three countries. There were, I think, three countries uh, that didn't vote yes. One of them abstained, and the other two were the U.S. and Israel.
0: Uh, <laughs> Just...
1: um. Yeah. and you can go you can read why um and there are some valid bureaucratic reasons this is attempting to supersede pre-existing trade agreements and pre-existing agreements of um responsibilities of member states to other member states and whatever also the united states does not support the resolution's numerous references to technology transfer um they've got complaints about the way that it handles ip rights um It draws inaccurate linkages between climate change and human rights related to food. Um, (laughs) uh, Also, best pull quote, We also do not accept any reading of this resolution or related documents that would suggest that states have particular extraterritorial obligations arising from any concept of a right to food. So anyway, the United States voted against... um, the UN declaring, um, food is a human right. I don't know what that means. I don't know if it is now. I have no clue. Um, not part of this thread. Uh, so then somebody goes, think about this. Uh, what, what country of all the countries here, you know, it's a map. Uh, and there's, there's the big red that is the US and there's the tiny red that is Israel. Um, and they go, okay, what countries here? like really favor the very small percentage of their population that is farmers Uh, and what countries here have historically profited off of scenarios in which there's food scarcity in other countries Um, and apparently that's the u.s if you just kind of look at the way that history has been (laughs) and so like that's a weird thing and then everybody goes on and they're like but farmers but small farmers but it's so hard to be a small farmer and like when you look at it uh Even when you're accounting for debts, the median American farming household has over a million dollars in net worth. Um, And also farms make for a really good tax shelter. Uh, If you have money, your accountants or wealth managers will likely tell you to buy a farm. Um, And the way that we deal with taxation of farms means that the wealthy can mark themselves as farmers for tax purposes and largely be hands off the farm, according to this Forbes article and the 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 tweet then surrounding this forbes article was like they they published it <laughs> i've been trying to build this case for years and they just said it
0: <laughs> i did not know the um thing about the million dollar net worth
1: which is like you're looking at median so that's mm. you're trying to draw relevant information from a large swath of data but
0: Yes, not every. I understand that not every not every farmer is going to, you know, have a million dollars to blow, but mm-hmm. like, it is it that says to me that there is not such a strict line between like huge like incredibly large farms and um, Joe farmer, mm-hmm. which is like kind of how I hear farming talked about. Right, you have. Mm -hmm. These are massive, massive farms that are, you know, producing just, for instance, you know, metric tons of methane per day. I don't know if that's true. It's, but it's like, and then there's like this guy with his six cows just trying to make a living. But it's Uh not like that. It's not quite like that. It's not quite. No, it's black and white.
1: So then I I I may dive into some some Forbes articles. That last little bit of information came from Forbes. And so let's think about some Forbes. Uh the one I was looking at is from a an article from September 2019, Protect Your Assets from President Warren. Um because that was a thing that people who read Forbes were worried about in 2019 was what happens. Um the the quote is when villagers hear hoofbeats from the tax collector, they hide their grain, um which is like some interesting mental gymnastics that this Forbes journalist is doing to justify uh not paying taxes <laughs> as like, well, you see, we are the little guy. it is me, the little guy, and so I am just a I am nothing but a small villager who is hiding his grain um. And he also has a very bad faith read of what a wealth tax is. Like, I think he thinks that in 2020, when President Warren comes into power, 2021, when President Warren comes into power, um, she's going to implement a wealth tax that is a tax on wealth yearly. It really sounds like he thinks it would be annual because it's a bunch of ways to like put money into schemes and then get it back out when you need it which like the way that i usually hear about the wealth tax um it's not an annual thing it's like an inheritance thing yeah um and like as a leftist i a leftist am all for an annual wealth tax um but i don't think that would ever like get through the institution of the modern um united states yeah and like i can i can understand some arguments against it whatever. I think an inheritance tax makes a lot of sense. Um, I think trying to hide your money from an inheritance tax so you can access it later doesn't. <laughs> but one of the ways you could do that is by putting all your money into, um, uh, uh, farm and it, it reads like satire. It, it reads like satire. Like, wow, these people who live near me, um, get, 18 million dollars written off their taxes every year because they're cattle farmers in quotes everything like so you think it's it's bull that they're cattle farmers but you don't see how you pretending to be a farmer would be be just as bad
0: i haven't read the article is it could it be more like these cattle farmers wink wink they're doing the right thing they're doing they're you know like they're beating the system when that's the system we have to beat, too.
1: I guess. Yeah, maybe. So anyway, that one. There's there's other plans on how to do it. You could put money into a 529 savings account or other stuff. Collectibles. Don't buy collectibles. But if you already have a, a Mondrian, I don't remember what it was. It was some artist. If you already have some fancy art, don't try and sell it because taxing collectibles would be very hard to assess um so they're probably not going to wealth tax collectibles from you in 2021 when warren takes power and immediately institutes an annual wealth tax see this there's another article um farm like a billionaire and harvest tax breaks um which like it's
0: a cute name it's a cute title
1: (laughs) it is a cute name uh as advice feels like something that like uh parody account that's like elon musk wakes up at at 11 59 p.m every day for the next day that's when he wakes up to start his day um so why don't you good point it feels like their headline um but it's not it's actually forbes try making your home a farm for tax breaks um try making your vacation home a farm for tax breaks um which you can also read as, if your vacation home is so expensive that tax breaks on it are larger than what it costs to run it as a farm, you'd be in the green to run it as a farm.
0: I, I have no words.
1: All 50 states give preferential property tax rights to agricultural land in an effort to help farmers and or fight urban sprawl, which really, really just encodes so many priorities into every law. <laughs> I think urban sprawl is bad. I think the reasons that they think urban sprawl is bad and that I think urban sprawl is bad are very different. Solar panels, too. Think about putting solar panels on your roof. There might be tax breaks for that. A wonderful confluence of moralizing and rewarding things um, that so many people just don't have access to, regardless of like whether you have goodwill or desire or whatever. If you just go like, we're going to reward everybody who chooses to put solar panels up on their home, um, if you have a home, that you can choose to put things on and you choose to pay can afford to and choose to pay to put solar panels on it i think it makes sense to get tax breaks i think we should do more to incentivize um places that aren't like direct individuals to do that also um i think if my apartment building got incentivized to put in solar panels and then in future years, things were cheaper because now there's solar panels and this incentive. That would be great. My guess is no laws are structured such that my apartment building can take advantage of that. But maybe we can fix this with a carbon tax. Here's a Forbes article on how a carbon tax could gut animal agriculture without taxing farmers and ranchers. Um, the This isn't related to the rest of the stuff, but I just looked up Forbes Farming because I knew that this article was related and I found it. Uh, found this one instead um something about if we have a carbon tax and then we use that and then we um put that money towards reforestation farmers could make more money reforesting their land than they could um raising cattle or whatever and cattle produce a lot of methane and so maybe that would be taxed in its own way whatever It's kind Um, of cool And it sounds like they think, this author and also they're kind of repeating the ideas of the person who formed Impossible Inc., who make the Impossible Burger. Mm -hmm. Um, It sounds like they think that the point of a carbon tax would be to totally eliminate animal agriculture. And like people are still going to buy cows. People are still going to want beef. Um, The point of a carbon tax is to make it so that the negative externalities of your action is harming the world in a significant way. Uh, become concrete in that your actions are harming the world and as such they're harming your wallet and that's that's on you now um and if it makes the product more expensive uh then maybe more people would not want to buy it uh but like probably still some people will want beef and will pay the carbon price for beef and that's that's the market baby currently we don't have anything else Uh, But it's not like we're going to stop producing beef soon or maybe ever. And now, a PSA from The Worrying Bugs. Ask your most enabling friend today if mechanical keyboards are right for you. This has been a PSA from The Worrying Bugs.
0: Jared, if you have info about Vault Hunters, that is not on the wiki.
1: Or if you know of a fourth thing that Docker can do, uh, please tell me about it on Twitter at... (laughs)